Father Ken Barker from the Missionaries of God's Love. This is the second episode in the series on mercy and forgiveness. I've been saying that mercy is the highest quality in the heart of God. It's meant to be, of course, the highest quality in our hearts because of that. To the degree that we receive the Lord into ourselves, to that degree we'll have his heart for mercy. In the scriptures, uh, the word for mercy in Hebrew is, uh, there's two words actually, this first one's hesed, uh, which means like God's faithfulness to his covenant. God uh, would remain faithful even if we're unfaithful. And so the Israelites could appeal to God uh, for mercy because of his promise that he would be faithful to his covenant. He would not count uh, their faults against them. So that's characteristic of God. He doesn't count our faults against us. Teresa Lizier has a quaint way of uh, speaking about this. She says, The Lord has a great weakness. Uh, He's blind and he knows nothing about arithmetic. He doesn't know how to add up. Uh, And and to blind him especially and to prevent him from uh, adding the smallest sum, you must take him by the heart. And that's his weakest spot, his heart of mercy. So to come to the Lord and crying out for mercy, he can't resist that cry. Uh, Psalm 130 uh, speaks of this. um, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. And let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleading. If you, O Lord, should mark our guilt, Lord, who would survive? But with you has found forgiveness. So if you, O Lord, would mark our guilt... Who would survive? But with you is found forgiveness. So he doesn't count our faults against us and we can trust him in this. And that's a great uh, gift, isn't it? Because we're pretty good at counting other people's faults. <laughs> but he's not like that, huh? Uh, so the other word is Romin, uh, which is related to Rehem, um, the womb of a mother uh, in the Hebrew. Uh, It's like the feeling of a mother for the child in her womb, like the tenderness of a mother's heart for the child. So it sort of evokes uh, goodness, uh, tenderness, patience, understanding, readiness to forgive, and deep affection for us. Therese Vazil tells the story again in a quaint way of a child uh, who had sort of... uh, done something wrong and the mother was upset with the child and chided the child. And so the child went off into the corner and was just sulking in the corner, feeling sorry for itself. Uh, And she says, like, if the child just stays there, feeling sorry for itself, be there for a long time in the darkness. But all the child needs to do and what the child will often do is just turn around and run back to mama. Say, Mama, Mama, sorry, Mama, Uh, kiss me, Mama, won't do it again, Mama. And what mother would not then just take hold of a child and wrap the child in her loving arms and and tender embrace? Uh, She says, that's what God is like. When we come to him and take him by the heart, he can't resist us. Uh, And that Roman of his immense uh, affectionate love for us that he wishes to embrace us with if we'll allow him. 
Now, the parable of the forgiving father, uh, what we oftentimes call the prodigal son, is a beautiful parable in Luke 15 that sort of illustrates this for us. Remember, the younger son had deeply offended his father because he'd asked for his inheritance early, uh, and that was more or less saying to his father, I wish you were dead. Uh, And then he left the family home, which he never did in those days, in those sort of circumstances. With the money, the father freely gave it to him, so much did he love him. And and the son went off and started uh, squandering all of this money on loose living uh, uh, until he gets to that place where he's just totally uh, distraught and and, and, uh, without anything and destitute and and finds himself with the pigs, uh, which is sort of like the lowest place you could imagine for a Hebrew person to be (laughs) amongst the pigs. Uh, and he thinks of his father's house, uh, and he'll go and be a hired servant, and his father's house is better than um, you know, being in the pigs. Meanwhile, unbeknownst to him, the father, of course, is just simply waiting for him, and each day looking out for him, eager for his return, yearning for his son. And so when the father finally does, on that particular day, see his son returning, Uh, so disconsolate and downhearted. The father forgets himself and his dignity, he hitches up his long robes and he runs to the the son and throws his arms around him and kisses him tenderly. What we notice here is um, both those qualities of mercy are present. The Hesed, well, the father, no questions. He didn't say, you know, how how many um, women... Uh, what happened to the money? You know, where were you? There were no questions at all. Uh, you see, he doesn't count his faults against him. And, and then the Rehamin, of course, is the embrace, the, the tremendous embrace of tenderness and restoration of the son into his affectionate heart. Uh, that's what it's like with God. And the father is intent then of having a, a celebration. You know, the fatted calf was to be killed and uh, bring in the friends and we'll have a big party because uh, his son had returned. What we need to notice is the other part of the story is the older son. The older son uh, was unable to really celebrate at all. When he found out the news that his younger brother had returned, uh, he's angry, he's bitter, he's contemptuous. And he's envious of how the father could put on uh, a party when uh, you know, he hadn't done anything like that for him and he'd stayed at home and worked through the heat of the day. So the older son then uh, is not able to celebrate uh, the return of his brother. He represents the Pharisees you know, who complained about Jesus eating with sinners and tax collectors. You know, He's been a dutiful son. He's been law-abiding. He's respected amongst people. He's admired and praised for his virtue. But he lacks the quality of mercy. That's the problem. Uh, And he's condemning of his brother and his brother's faults. And he can't rejoice on his brother's return. He stands for uh, like those religious people who are good at their religious practice and their, their uh, good in their doctrinal beliefs uh, and they're good in um, their rituals, but they're not able to get in touch with their own weakness, their own brokenness, their own sinfulness in such a way that they can identify with those who have sinned greatly. Uh, and, and, and so they don't realize their own need for mercy. 
Uh, they're proud and conceited and hard-hearted. This is how the Pharisees were, and this parable was told particularly uh, to combat that sort of mentality. Uh, but the other son, he's just bitter, he's envious, he's cynical, he's self-righteous. You know, he shuts himself out from the father's love. Uh, left outside in the darkness, without joy. You, know? uh, you see, we have a God who rejoices when one of his children returns. We have a God who dances. Uh, and Zephaniah says, and the father will dance on the day of joy. He will rejoice over you and renew you by his love. <laughs> this is what our God is like. Remember Friedrich Nietzsche, the father of modern atheism, um, he said, I'll only believe in the God who dances. Well, he certainly hadn't read Zephaniah, you know, because <laughs> you know, that's what it says. The father will dance on the day of joy. He will rejoice over you and renew you by his love. So we don't like to be, want to be like the, the oldest son, now shut out from the father's house, now refusing to show mercy. Uh, Jesus says, be merciful just as your father is merciful. So it's a great encouragement then to really open our hearts in mercy to those who may have um, failed greatly, those who may have fallen away, and, and to know that like, it's only by the grace of God that I, I have any ounce of virtue in me anyway. No, it's only by the grace of God. There but by the grace of God go I, huh? I oftentimes think that when I go past a prison, I think, oh, well, there but by the grace of God go I. You know, the life of those men who are in the prison, they're, 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 they're human beings like me. I could, could have ended that way too, but only by the grace of God. Uh, and we need to sort of have that, that heart of mercy, huh? And one of the spiritual works of mercy is the act of forgiveness, uh, to be able to forgive someone who's wronged us. Um, Jesus says, you received without charge, so give without charge. And you receive much, so give much. Huh? Um, and mercy, of course, is the greatest gift that we have received. You know, none of us could sort of uh, claim any merit for that. It's unearned gift. It's God's precious gift to us. So when Peter asked Jesus, well, Lord, uh, if my brother sins against me, how often should I forgive? Seven times, maybe? Peter thought that's pretty generous, isn't it? Seven times? And Jesus says, no, Peter, 77 times. 70 times seven. You know, which was an uh, Aramaic way of, sort of saying, uh, a Semitic way of saying, like, always, you know. Uh, at every time, you must forgive. Huh? So there's a beautiful um, reality about that. Just a story I came across um, a while ago. Um, in the south of London, there was a family, um, the Midson family. And Margaret Midson, the, the mother, um, you know, they had nine children. And uh, so she's a good woman uh, with her husband. Uh, and the children were at Catholic schools. And young um, Jimmy, uh, who was an altar server at the age of 16, still serving on the altar. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, a good football player and loved by many of the young people. Uh, you know, fun-loving young fellow. He's having his 16th birthday. And so his mother, Margaret, gave him some money to go down to the shop, at the baker shop, and get some nice things for his birthday. So he went with his brother down to the shop, and uh, while they were there, his brother, unfortunately, got into an altercation with another uh, young man and they were sort of heatedly arguing with one another. Jimmy came over to try and sort of uh, settle things down and made it worse. Uh, and in fact, this other man got so angry with Jimmy 
that he went outside and grabbed a shard of glass. They you know the shards of glass they have at, at baker shops. And he came back in and he just smashed it over Jimmy's head. And it cut his carotid artery. And so Jimmy very quickly died from blood uh, coming out so, so badly. Uh, and um, in his brother's arms, he died. And the family house was very close by. So um, Margaret was there very quickly. And of course, he, she and her husband were just totally distressed and uh, uh, you know, incredible sort of scene. Uh, uh, and um, the next day, uh, the news uh, cameras arrived, <laughs> TV cameras and news reporters and everything, uh, wanting to have an interview. And surprisingly, they gave them an interview. Uh, and they asked Margaret, well, how do, you, how do you feel? Well, how do you think she felt, you know? Uh, and, but she said something very beautiful. She said, well... We have lost our son, and he was the sunshine of our eyes. We loved him. He was such a beautiful young man, so full of life and and so generous and such a lot of fun, and we'll always know the loss. But she said, we'll always have a good memory of him. We'll be able to remember him in a beautiful way. And she said, so now what my heart, is feeling now is for the the other the other the mother of the other son because uh, she has to live with the reality of the monstrous act that her son has done. And he'd been arrested and put in prison, uh, and and she said she has to live with that for the rest of her life, uh, and we want them to know that we forgive that we forgive their son, we forgive them for what he has done. Well, it was big news. It was the lead news item on on every channel. And in every newspaper, it was headlines. Because it's so uncommon, isn't it, for people to actually forgive in this way, especially such a disastrous thing like that. But they really meant it. And and they asked her, well, why why would you why would you do this? And still before the camera, she said, well, if we don't, if we have anger and hatred towards this boy and towards the family, uh, that will just increase the violence within uh, the world today, the cycle of violence that we're all caught up in. She said, we must forgive, and she was simply espousing her Catholic faith. The faith as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, because that is what Jesus has taught us to do, to forgive, to let it go, to withhold the judgment, uh, and to uh, commend that person to the Lord and pray a blessing upon him. So it was a great uh, witness, really, uh, and made tremendous news, you know. Uh, Another story that struck me was um, one from... uh, from heaven, in a way. I remember um, Maria Goretti. Uh, she was a young uh, 12, 13-year-old Italian girl. She was quite well-developed. And um, there was a young man in the town named Alessandro. And uh, he was um, you know, trying to seduce her in different ways. And she was resisting very much. She's 
a seductive purpose. One day he came to the house when she was by herself and he got so furious with her that she wouldn't, he was resisting her. And, you know, he grabbed her and tried to, to rape her, but she was fought off very, very strongly. Uh, and, and so he took out a knife and he began to stab her. Uh, and he stabbed her, um, you know, I think it was a, a 11 times uh, all over her body. But she escaped from him. She started running towards the door. So he grabbed him, uh, grabbed her and, and stabbed her another three times. And that time, those, they were fatal stabs. Uh, she was taken to hospital. She was still only just alive. And the priest that came to her asked her, uh, do you forgive? And she said, yes, I do forgive. I do forgive, she said, and I, 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 I pray that he'll be with me in paradise one day. Then she died. So Alessandro was put in prison uh, for thir- 30 years, and uh, in these eight years, he was, he was unrepentant. He was uh, not without remorse, but after eight years, uh, he had a dream that changed his life. In the dream, he saw this woman, young woman, in a beautiful white dress, and she knew it was he knew it was Maria, and um, she was appearing to him, and, and and she was carrying lilies, and she'd pick up a lily and hand that lily to him in the dream. And when he took hold of it, it would turn into a flame. And so she picked up each one and ended up taking, giving him 14 lilies, one for each of the wounds that he inflicted upon her mortally. Uh, and, and, and she said to him, Alessandro, as I promised, your soul shall someday reach me in heaven. So when he woke up, he knew he had to change his life, saw a priest, he confessed, uh, and spent the rest of his time in prison uh, in a prayerful sort of way. As soon as he got out of prison, uh, after 27 years, he was given three years reprieve, uh, and he went straight to Maria's uh, mother, who was still alive, Asunta, and with Asunta, he, he asked forgiveness of her. And she said, yes, I've been waiting for you to come, Alessandro. Why didn't you come earlier? Yes, I do forgive you. And then the next day, the two of them went to Mass together and they received Holy Communion together. Uh, the Jesus who they'd learned to forgive from, uh, they took into him, themselves. Uh, so his whole life was changed by the gift of mercy, you see, that he received from heaven, really, through um, Maria in her glorified state uh, and touched his heart uh, and, and gave him the grace that he needed it sort of like preceded his own capacity to be able to forgive. We're sometimes like that. We feel incapable of forgiving. We feel incapable of opening our hearts to somebody. But when we come to know God's mercy upon us, uh, we can do that. It's his gift, really. And we'll talk more about this next time, how it is a gift, this merciful, uh, this mercy that comes upon us from God and, and, the, and the capacity to forgive when we thought we could never forgive. That young man, he lived for uh, 89 years, really, uh, but he became a Capuchin monk, lived a very holy life until the end of his days, and I'm sure he's now with Maria in heaven uh, rejoicing. So, my friends, let's, um, let's take hold of the grace of forgiveness, the grace of God's mercy in our own personal lives, and 
Let's, um, no doubt there's people in your life who you might still be struggling with to forgive. Most of us have people like that. We're going to talk more about it next time, about what it means to forgive and, and what are the steps that we need to take. Uh, and, but most of all, ask God for the grace. It's his gift to us. Bless his name. 